Believers, it's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Branding for Believers. So we are getting down to the home stretch. It is getting to be the end of the year, and I'm actually excited because I get to have another Mentor Moment episode. And this is because I received a glowing email, thank you so much, from one of my listeners, Amber. I'll just call you Amber for the purposes of this episode. And she was listening to the Belief in Action series and wanted some additional clarity about building systems around your book. And I know that in 2016, a lot of you are going to be launching your books and you've been working on them and you're ready to get them out to the public. And so I wanted to use her question to speak to all of you about some book marketing systems and some things to keep in mind, specifically how to build a system around your book launch strategy and what is the criteria for companion pieces. So if you listen to the Belief in Action series, you'll notice that I mentioned building companion pieces to build back-end revenue. And I also have a couple of thoughts on self-publishing versus traditional publishing. There really isn't a quote-unquote right or wrong. It really just depends on what is the best option for you. And so we'll talk about some of the pros and cons associated with that. So Amber, this one is for you. So first, let me start with launch tips. There's three things that I want to point out in this episode in particular. I could do, oh my gosh, a whole workshop on book launching and marketing and all of the pieces behind it. But if I have to narrow it down to three to focus on, number one thing that I would start thinking about is distribution channels, meaning who is going to get the word out about your book? So in what ways is it going to be distributed? What websites is it going to appear on? What bookstores is it going to appear on? And more importantly, I'm sorry, what bookshelves is it going to appear on? And more importantly, who is going to get the word out? Who has the, the reputation and the relationship established with some of these booksellers in order to endorse your book. So one of the first things that you need to start doing is building a launch team. And these are people that can spread the word, that can leverage their relationships to get your book into as many hands as possible. Ideally, this would be people from your audience. So if you've been blogging for a long time or you've been podcasting and you have a pretty good audience established, then ideally you would solicit volunteers from that group to be a part of your launch team. However, if you have not been marketing yourself as an author, then your number one priority is to build audience. And I'm saying you need to do that ASAP because even if you're active on social media, you need to be active on social media as an author because you need to start building up that reputation and that credibility and that audience specifically for your genre. So if you haven't thought about your distribution channels, about where your book is going to appear and who's going to help you get the word out, who's going to be writing the reviews for you on Amazon and other places, then you definitely need to start thinking about distribution systems. Who's going to get the word out? How is that going to happen? And if you don't already have an audience that's established, then you need to definitely start building that audience sooner rather than later because... Building an audience is not an overnight process. You don't just hop on Instagram and boom, you've got 100,000 followers, especially depending on your genre. Some genres are easier to build up than others. 
However, some people really, really struggle. So you have to definitely hit the ground running and really start building up your social capital so that you have more followers and more people who are interested in your content. Um, there is also um, you can join writers groups or writer circles. There's a lot of resources about the good, the bad and the ugly about writer circles. Some of the benefits is that some people are established authors or they have had experiences that you can benefit from, tell you what pitfalls to, to avoid and how to navigate some of the, the potholes of publishing. And so in the show notes for this episode, I'm going to put a link up and the link is forwriters.com, F-O-R writers.com forward slash groups. And it has a comprehensive listing and directory of writing groups by region, by genre that you can consider joining and look at some of the ins and outs of having other authors be able to support you through this process. The second launch tip that I would share is this. Let people sample your content. I know that writing is one of those things that people are very protective about. And I get it because it's your intellectual property. And if you think it's really, really good and people are shysty, people pirate stuff and they pass it off as their own. I mean, that happens. There's always that fear. However, I think that letting people respond to an excerpt or a chapter is going to be to your benefit, especially if you don't have an established audience as an author. You have to give people something to respond to. And so let people sample your content. Depending on who your audience is, you might want to try shopping your your content at college campuses. They often host events for authors. Uh, Your local bookstores often host events for authors. If you have a younger audience, then you might want to think about maybe high schools or elementary schools, getting permission to go in there and give the students something to react to. You can always, always go on YouTube. YouTube is free and it is the number two search engine in the world right behind Google. And so if you want to do a reading of your content and let people comment on it, fantastic. That's a good way to go. However, I would I would kind of push you, especially if you don't have an audience, to start with Periscope. And here's why. With Periscope, you can save your videos and you can upload them to YouTube later. But what Periscope will do is it will give you some real time on demand in the moment feedback from the people that are viewing, the people that are experiencing your content. So if it's something that's really going to hook them, then they will tell you about it and you get to see what their comments are and what their reactions are right as you are in that moment. Another thing about Periscope is that people can send you hearts, which is kind of like a form of of evaluation about, you know, how much they like this. You can also use Periscope to encourage people to share your content as you're giving it. So the beauty of Periscope is that at any time during your podcast, then broadcast. Oh, my gosh. Did I say podcast? I meant broadcast. Anytime during your broadcast, people can share with their Twitter followers. And again, this is a great thing to do if you don't have an established audience. So it allows you to get some feedback. But it also if the content is valuable, then it allows people to share it in real time to help build your audience. You can also use Blab. Blab is not an app that I have used yet, but I've heard great things about it. It's kind of like Google Hangouts where it allows you to 
talk to different people about a specific topic. So you can kind of interview them. You can host a reading of your content on Blab and let people respond to it in real time. But no matter what, you have to start getting little snippets of your content out there and then issue a call to action about where they can go and pre-order it or where they can find out more information about the book. Another thing that you can do is host a discussion about your book. If you have an audience that's already established, you can send them an excerpt and then let people sign up to have a discussion with you about how they felt about it. Or if you want to have a, a mini book club meeting online with some of your readers or some of your audience members, then you can do that with just a snippet of your content without having to give away the entire thing. You might also consider creating a Facebook community. I know plenty of authors that have done this where they have created Facebook communities to crowdsource ideas about how to get the word out. And so you can invite a certain number of followers into a closed or secret private Facebook group and let them sample your content and let them have real time reactions to it. Things that they really enjoy, things that they would change, questions that are still unanswered. It's a really great way to start giving, getting some feedback about your book while it's still in the editing and finishing processes. And it's a great way to start building audience and get people invested in your content so that when it is time to launch it to the masses, then you have people that are already set to get the word out and also endorse what your content is about. Another thing about using Periscope or Facebook or any sort of live discussion component about your content, about your sample content, is this, is that you can allow that experience to inform you about what the readers want. So, for example, if you're wondering, like, what should my companion pieces be? If I'm trying to build a system around this book, what are the pieces that make sense? Well, Sometimes we can sit in a room by ourselves and kind of get lost in our thoughts and we go down a rabbit hole and we make decisions that we're not really sure whether or not they will work. But if you have people that are sampling your content and saying, hey, how about a journal to go with this? Or, hey, how about you host this type of event to go with this? Then that is your readers telling you what you want. So you don't have to sit there and try to figure it out on your own. If you allow people to experience your content, even on a small scale, and they're asking for these additional experiences or these additional pieces, or wouldn't it be nice if after this, we could do X, Y, and Z, then that is your opportunity to build the companion pieces based off of reader feedback, which is invaluable. The last launch tip that I want to share is this. Use the calendar to your advantage. And this is because of top of mind awareness. So top of mind awareness means that you want to release your content at a time where people are already thinking about your content. So, for example, if you've written a romance novel, you probably want to release it close to Valentine's Day. If you have just written a cookbook, then you probably want to release it just before the holidays when people are looking to do a lot of cooking and and recipes for for the family. If you wrote a diet book, then you probably want to wait till after the holidays, because after people have cooked up all that food, now they're looking to lose 10 pounds or detox or that sort of thing. So use the calendar to your advantage so that you can benefit from top of mind awareness 
And what it will also do is it will allow you to plan your events well in advance. So if you have some sort of book launch or party or book signing, then it allows you to coordinate the calendar with booksellers and restaurants and other venues about when those things should occur. And you can do that in conjunction with when people are going to be thinking about your content. When are people most likely to be thinking about your content? So the next thing that I want to share is the criteria for companion pieces. So if your book, I strongly don't advise your book being the only standalone piece unless you have a robust and I do mean a robust publishing contract then your book should really serve as almost a a business card a way to introduce audiences to you but that shouldn't be the only thing that audiences are able to do read your book there is plenty of opportunity for you to expand and get revenue on the back end. So the criteria that I would recommend for companion pieces is consider this question. If you could package your book into a take-home kit, what would be in the kit? If you could package your, your book, your concept, your characters, your information into a take-home kit, what would you put in the kit? What would you put in the box? Meaning, what would people be able to do once they got that kit home? What materials would they be able to use? Will it foster social connections and sharing? Can it be fun or useful? Will they be able to create memorable experiences? Will people be able to do interactive things like unlock clues or earn badges or go online and interact with the larger community? So when you're thinking about the criteria for your companion pieces, you need to think about if somebody could take my book home and pull out some additional components, what do those components look like and what will people be able to do with them? So will people be able to host book club meetings? Will people be able to host study sessions or trainings? Will people be able to go on scavenger hunts or on some sort of adventure? What will people be able to do with those additional pieces? Will people be able to journal? Will they be able to fulfill some sort of lifelong goal. And here are the tools that are going to help them do that. In addition to your book, is it going to be something that's engaging and useful? And don't underestimate the social sharing and social connections piece. So if you want people to build community around your book, if you want people to have widespread interactions, then think about what are some things that I can include with this book, whether they're online or tangible things that I would like to see showing up on social media, that things that I would like to see people tweeting about or people posting them on Instagram or on Facebook. So what are some ways that people can share this material or share this content or share this experience with a broader audience, which will pique curiosity? So for example, if you have written a cookbook, then some companion pieces that might make sense would be things like online recipes, or you might do cooking demos at places like Williams Sonoma or Sur La Table. You might think about having a cooking app where your recipes are all preloaded and people can have them in their hand, 
Or you might want to think about partnering with someone who already has a cooking app established and see how your recipes can be published as part of their collection. A really good example of this is Fit Men Cook. So that's fit like fitness, men cook, and it's from Kevin Curry. Kevin has a book called No Cheats Needed, but he also has a huge following on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook because he's been posting about his healthy recipes for years. And so out of the response to him posting the recipes came the book and the book turned into an app and the YouTube videos are all weaved into that. So I'm also going to post Kevin's content on the show notes so that you can see the system that he's built around the book. So for those of you who are like visual learners and like, I kind of understand what you're saying, but like, I need to see it. This is a really good example of building companion pieces that allow people to produce a specific outcome or to share specific recipes or to engage socially or to interact with live videos. So this is a really good example of how he has built a system around his book, but also about how his audience boosted his success. So the last thing that I want to touch on before I end this episode, so Amber, I hope this is answering your questions, um, is kind of some pros and cons between self-publishing versus traditional publishing. So if you are self-publishing, you should go this route if you want a quick turnaround, because if you are working with a traditional publisher, you have to go with the calendar that makes sense to them because you are not the only project. And chances are, if you're a brand new author, you're not going to be the priority project either. So you need to think about that when you are talking about, oh, I want to get this book out in three months. Well, if a publisher is willing to do that, then that's awesome. But usually by the time you pitch your book and get someone to accept it and get through the advance process and the contracts, usually three months have passed already. So self-publishing is a good good option for you if you want a quicker timetable, if you want to control the time. You also should self-publish if you want complete control over your book. And when I say complete control, I mean complete control over your book. So if you want complete control over the cover, if you want complete control over the edits, if you want complete control over the distribution and the profits, you should self-publish. Because if you go through a traditional publisher, they decide what is going to be on the cover of your book. So even if you had your cousin create this great mock-up of what the book cover should look like, if the publisher doesn't want to use it, if it does not correspond with what they want to put out because they're putting their name on that project, just like you're putting your name on the project, then they're not going to go with it. And if you loved these three chapters and their editors redline those chapters and they all go on the cutting room floor, then they all go on the cutting room floor. Like that, that's how it works with the traditional publishing. You have to relinquish a lot of your control. However, if you go the route of self-publishing, it also means that you are going to be doing all, and I do mean all of the legwork. So that means that you will have to get a graphic artist to come up with the mock-up for your book, unless you're going to do it yourself. You are going to have to build the relationships 
with the booksellers and the bookstores and the college campuses and wherever else you want your book to be distributed and sold. You're going to have to build those online relationships to get people on your team. You're going to have to build the marketing plan for how this is going to be rolled out and how it's going to be launched so that you can maximize your success. So if you go with a traditional publisher, they take all of that on because they have all of the resources in-house to do that. They have the graphic artists, they have the editors, they have the uh, publicists, they have the relationships with the booksellers, they have the means to print it and get it out and distribute it. They have all of those things in-house. And so publishers can afford to be really kind of picky and choosy because there's millions of people that want to be authors. However, there aren't millions of people who are willing to relinquish the kind of control to get their book out. And with traditional publishers, they will get the lion's share of the profits. Why? Because they are fronting all the cost for your editing and your graphic work and getting the book printed and all of that. So even if you get advanced money to write the book, you're not going to start getting royalties on your book until they have made their money back. So sometimes that's a real big misconception is that, man, I see your book on shelves and, you know, you want to call up your friends like, hey, mama, I made it. My book is on the shelf at Barnes and Noble. And that might be, but that does not mean that you are getting the bulk of those profits. And so if you have a book on the shelf at Barnes and Noble for $20, chances are you as the author, you're getting about three bucks of that unless it becomes a bestseller. And again, the the publisher is able to recoup all of those costs up front. Then you are getting pennies on the dollar. It looks good. It's a good look for exposure. And, you know, there's still a, a certain level of prestige that goes along with having your book vetted through a reputable publisher and on the shelves, that is absolutely legit. However, you do need to consider the pros and cons of having someone take the reins and control a lot of what the final outcome of the book is going to be versus doing all of the legwork yourself. And so it really depends on the model that works for you. I will say if you go with a traditional publisher chances are you are going to get wider distribution because those relationships are already established. But if you are are committed to self-publishing and you are confident in your ability to build audience and, and get this book into a lot of hands and get a lot of positive feedback and reviews, then by all means, self-publish. And it's not an either or. There are lots of authors that have self-published had a lot of success or a ton of downloads. And as a result of that, as a result of building up their audience based on the initial release of the book via self-publishing, a publisher picked them up and says, okay, well, you have, you have audience now because no publisher wants to invest in a book, in a project, in an author that is going to sit on the shelf. So if you have audience, the larger your audience, the better, because you are coming in with a ready-made population that is already invested in your content in some way, shape, or form, and they are tailor-made to purchase your book. Because if they're following you and they are invested in you and they are tuning in to what you say or tuning in to what you've been writing on your blog or, or watching your videos on YouTube, then you have a lot better chance of getting picked up by a publisher because you've already done a lot of the groundwork and a lot of the hard work, which is building audience. So keep in mind that with each layer of 
publications. So not just the book, but if you're thinking about an app, if you are thinking about uh, videos to correspond with your book, maybe some sort of video trainings or anything like that, all of those things are separate publications. All of those are separate productions. So even though you are building a system meaning I've got an app over here and I've got these CDs and DVDs over there, which actually is a antiquated term because nobody really uses CDs and DVDs anymore. Everything is digital content. So if you have an app and you have digital content plus the book, all of those things require a pre and post production process. So even though you write the book, the companion pieces, depending on which ones you choose online recipes or whatever, that is another publication process. So keep all of that in mind when you are building a system around your book, because even though the book might be finished, you might need some additional time to build up the production and the editing of those companion pieces. I will say, however, if you are going to prioritize anything for your book in terms of a companion piece, even if it's just a website I would definitely prioritize your online presence. If you have not been marketing yourself as an author, the number one thing that you need to start doing is building your digital footprint. Because think about it. The first thing that people are going to do once they start to hear of you or of your book or your name starts to get out there, they are going to Google you. And if they can't find you, if you don't look like you're established, if you haven't been putting your content out there, then it's going to raise flags. It's going to be kind of suspect. And think about when you have bought products and you are looking for reviews. If there's no product reviews, you don't want to be the first one. Sometimes there are products out there on the shelf or books on the shelf and it says, be the first one to review this product. And you're like, mm, mm -mm. I don't want to be the guinea pig. I don't want to be that person. And so the same way works with your content. If you haven't been building audience, you need to get your digital footprint out there and established. So if you're going to build any sort of companion piece to your book, then I would prioritize your online presence, whether that is YouTube videos, whether that is a blog, whether that is some sort of interactive podcast, whatever, but or just a place where they can go in and do some additional readings that you've, you've written, I mean, uh, writings that you've written, prioritize your online presence because when people start to hear the buzz about you, the first place that they're going to turn is Google. Another thing to keep in mind with your companion pieces is budget. So there is a budget for publishing books. <laughs> there is a budget for producing video. Because filming video is one thing. Editing video is a different animal and it takes a lot of work and it's not cheap. App development is another animal. It's not easy. It's not cheap. And depending on what kind of components you want and how polished you want it to be. I have worked on projects where the app, the, the budget for the app or the, the quote for the app development was in the neighborhood of a million dollars. So keep all of these things in mind when you are thinking about your companion pieces. But I will say this, that if you have a large or established audience, if your book is selling like hotcakes on the independent publisher circuit 
and you've gotten the attention of a publisher, then you can have a conversation with your publisher about that saying, okay, we got the book going, but I really want to add these additional pieces. This is what the readers are asking for. And they might be willing to front the cost for something like app development or video production. So keep all of those things on the table. Just keep in mind that each additional component that you add to the book or the system is going to require its own production process. Or even if you are having live demonstrations or live experiences, then you also have to have an audience that is tailor-made and ready to come and, and do that. Or if you have a partner, for example, if you are doing cooking demonstrations, then that means that you have to have a partnership with William Sonoma and have them say, yes, we're willing to promote you. We're willing to invite you into our store and include you in our marketing and include you in our email list. So all of those things need to be taken in consideration when you are thinking about the companion pieces for your book. So I hope that was helpful to all of you who are considering marketing a book in 2016. Amber, I hope that that was especially helpful to you. Just want to give you guys a heads up about the next two episodes as we are rounding out the year that in the next two episodes, Episodes 33 and 34, I am going to be turning over the microphone. Dun, dun, dun. In the next two episodes, I am going to be the one in the hot seat. I am actually turning over the microphone and I will be the one being interviewed. Actually, I think that's episodes 34 and 35. Yes, episodes 34 and 35. I'm going to be the one in the hot seat. I'm turning over the microphone and I'm going to be the one interviewed by a very special guest. And I'm going to be sharing the lessons that I've learned over this year and the strategies that I'm taking into 2016 that I certainly encourage you guys to take as well. I will be sharing some things that you guys don't know about me. So you'll get to learn more about Dr. Shantae and some decisions that I regret, some things that I wish that I had done differently when I started this podcast and and the whole marketing process of building my content and building media. So there's some definite lessons learned that I want to share with you. So the next two episodes, the the interview was so robust, it had to be broken into two episodes because there was just no way to get it all down into one. So it's going to be exciting. If you guys have any comments, feedback, tweets, shout outs about this episode or questions about a book that you're writing or marketing, by all means, you know, you guys can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Dr. Shante Says, and I will see you guys next time.